three, two, one. Welcome to the David the Dog Trainer Podcast, episode 111. Here we are. Today's episode is sponsored by Topo Chico Carbonated Mineral Water. <laughs> Thank you, Topo Chico. For the ads. We appreciate you. <laughs> it's a delicious, delicious beverage. One of the best sparkling waters on the planet, mm-hmm. full of 25 milligrams of sodium, which is why it tastes better than your other sparkling waters. I believe it. It's so good. It's delicious. Uh, Josh, what's new? Oh, oh, there we go. Quick sip. Ah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let's add this for sound effects. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Hear that bubble? Yeah, that was some ASMR right there. That was nice right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> well, not as exciting of a week as yours was um, in Disney World, but... Uh, you know, just uh, catching up from the last month of craziness that I had on my end. So, a lot of editing, a lot of uh, sending invoices out. We love doing that because we love money. Mm. Um, other than that, um, next two weeks are uh, piling back up. I just had uh, Tartine Bistro actually hit me back up. Tartine? Yeah, I was I was worried they uh, they hadn't hit me up in uh, about a year. So. Mm. But I guess they're in a good place again. Maybe it's because I just did Sam and Dave's, which is like their neighbor. So they're That's like, right. oh, hey, he's doing our competition. We got to get back in the you game. Help so us out. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's pretty much it for me. Um, how about you? Just living the dream. I know. Fresh off Disney World. Got some stuff to talk about that we experienced there. I went to a dog show at Universal Studios. Can't wait to hear this one. A dog show is very interesting, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. We got a, <laughs> a lot of things to talk about here. Okay. So, yeah, good good week. We're back at it. We're back training dogs. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is still popping right now. All our last couple podcast episodes have been blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually sparked through all of this dog training war stuff, the Zach George drama, right? All this back and forth of the 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 the, the conversation and all of that. While I was in Disney World, um, a uh, reporter from the New York Times actually reached out to me um, yeah. and is doing a story on kind of some of what's going on. I don't know exactly you know, how it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be so much centered around you should do it this way or you should do it this way, mm-hmm. as much as just kind of the, the culture and the ecosystem of like the <clears throat> online dog training community and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm honored to have been asked to assist, in my opinion, on some of that kind of stuff. So I had a fantastic interview with them yesterday. Uh, we had an almost hour-long Zoom call where we just talked about stuff. I mean, it was really great. The, yeah. the, the woman was, was asking some really phenomenal questions, you know, just really interesting perspectives on, you know, why are some of these really big name trainers pushing some of this stuff out there and, and how they're getting so big in the first place and, and different areas that I think, you know, the controversy might be helping their platforms or hurting their platforms and why they feel the way that they feel and, um, you know, just just it's just everything. Right. Yeah. And, and I'll be really, really interested, like I said, to see, um, you know, kind of how all of this comes together in the story that they're putting together, um, because there were some questions she was asking me that I was like, man, I was like, that's a really good question. Yeah. You know, like it's it's in the dog training world. Sometimes we could get so locked into just answering the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, oh, yeah. why do people not like balanced trainers? Right. Or why shouldn't <laughs> you do a force free training approach to which like I have like a spiel where I probably could say it in my sleep as far <laughs> point, as like yeah. any of those types of answers. So it's always great when I have somebody that 
asks a different spin on a question or a different type of question that really makes you take a step back. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Let me think about that for a minute, right? Because yeah. it's, it's just, it, it, it forces you to articulate it in a different way that can help get a point across, right? And mm-hmm. this is a lot of what we like in like one-on-one lessons as well. Like, so forget this whole situation. Like we're doing one-on-ones and we're doing our vlog series. There's times that I'm in a lesson and obviously our lessons is a lot of the same regurgitated material over and over again, right? We're telling everybody basically the same thing. You know what I mean? As far as different answers to questions, like how do I teach this command, right? Or how do I stop my dog from doing this? Or what do I do when a guest comes over or whatever? To which it's like, same deal. Like a regurgitated spiel that we basically give them because we've answered it so many times Mm -hmm. with obviously a little spin for their individual situation. But there's times that I'm in a lesson and, um, you know, somebody will ask a different type of question, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just the second I could tell that they're asking those types of questions, I could tell, like, this is going to be a great lesson. I love yeah. when we're filming them because there's lessons that it's like, we'll, I'll watch the vlog over and I'll be making my clips out of it. And I'll just be like, damn, like every single part of this lesson is like a good clip that we could pull because <laughs> it's a unique, different perspective or different type of question or different way it's asked yeah. that forces me to articulate it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I'll even like look at Paige sometimes. I'll be like, wow, that's a really good question. Like, let's take a note of that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think I think this really should show. Um, I think a lot of these guys, I don't know, you know, Ivan or Zach, you know, it, it, it feels sometimes that dog training's in this, like, separate echo chamber than everything else out in the world. But I think this really shows that there are consequences to what you're saying out there. Sure. And, like, this stuff... Is not just hitting people that like dog training or yeah. just really love their dog or whatever. It's it it it's tendrils go out. Like yeah, th- this information goes out and a lot of people are noticing and a lot of people yeah. are hearing. So well, so you know, even different things we were talking about. Like she was like zooming this back even further than just dog training, and she's like, why is there like such a correlation between like the way you're training dogs and like politics right now, right? And it's like <laughs> it's an interesting perspective. It's like yeah. you know, you'll see people. One of the things I think she said was like you'll see online on like a force free video where somebody's like, oh, you should just do this or what, some sort of really blatant force free thing, right? Yeah. And she'll be like, yeah, there's people that comment on that and be like, this is some left wing dog training bullshit or something <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> And she's like, like what, like why? She's like, I genuinely am curious, like why all of this kind of correlates yeah. in the way that it does. It was just a really interesting conversation. It was very yeah. unique, you know. Yeah. And then she was talking about, she, I, I believe she's like a new mother or something, right? Or or has a, a younger child, right? Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how you know how many similarities there are even in the parenting world right now, right? Where there's this like real extreme of she had like a term for it. I don't remember what it was of like, you know, like almost like overly micromanaging and positive parenting. Yep. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and how much of a push there is for that right now also. And it's just very interesting conversation. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. Now I'm, I'm like even more stoked to hear. about. I'm just this. so cute. You know what I mean? Like it was like, cause the, the questions were kind of going all over the place where yeah. I feel like the, the, whatever the, the article is or, or that they're putting together, it could go any number of different directions. I feel like. Yeah, you know? for sure. 
So it's cool. And, and again, I'm, I was I was honored that they they reached out to me uh, to help them. And, and I believe they're probably going to talk to other people as well. I don't think this is like this is the David the dog trainer special or anything <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. But nonetheless, like even if they talk to ten other people, like that's really cool that I am a part of this conversation. And that's what we wanted to do from day one when we started this fucking podcast. Yeah. Right. You guys can go back. And you can watch the first goddamn episode <laughs> when we had two white card tables. Yeah. <laughs> Fold-out tables set up with yeah. a bunch of bullshit on them. It looked like shit, yeah. right? And and that was one of the first things we said in that first episode was, you know, what I really wanted to do all along with this was to help people. Because at that point, that was almost two years ago now that we started the podcast, which yeah. is crazy, right? We've done this literally every single week for two years almost. <laughs> yeah. Wild, Dude. right? Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, even like the the dog training world was getting pretty crazy, right? A lot of do 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 do. You know, like again, she was asking. She's like, you know, like it, it feels like this conversation is kind of being blown up right now, right? I was like, well, it's been happening forever. I remember yeah. ten years ago when I started getting into this, it was still a conversation that was happening. Oh, yeah. But the difference is now, social media has exploded so much mm-hmm. more, and people have these massive, massive, massive followings, so they're able to amplify that conversation, like a thousand times what it was before where it's becoming a more relevant thing right or a more important topic that's being discussed but anyways I knew all the craziness was going on back then and all I wanted to do was not necessarily be like this is good this is bad blah 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 like obviously I have my opinions on all that kind of stuff I just want to help make sense of some of it right yeah and, um, you know, even through all the controversy and the vi- we were reviewing all the videos and talking about them and stuff like that, though I obviously, you know, am a balanced trainer and believe in these methods and stuff like that, I really am just trying to help explain the conversation to people as mm-hmm. best as I can. And though, you know, there are definitely parts of it that you can get a little bit heated about. It's like a little bit, oh, this is frustrating, right? Or, or, mm-hmm. or you could think somebody is wrong about something. We're trying our hardest to just like have this conversation without like belittling, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or without really going like off the rails with like over the top defending yourself and like trying to tear the other person down and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> That's, I mean, it, it's just really cool that she came at this objectively too. You know, it's like not one way or the other. And, and she's just, trying to make sense for you know normal people in the world you know yeah it's i i remember when i first got the email like it's a little it's always a little nerve-wracking in these situations because it's like you know like like unfortunately there's like a stigma around like reporters and stuff like that to which it's like you know as she was even asking the questions the first couple of questions i'm like in the back of my mind thinking like is this something that like can be tried to like spin like again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I'm asking myself, but like as as the conversation was flowing, it genuinely just felt like she was just curious about the conversation. Even at the end, she was talking about how she's thinking about uh, getting an e collar for her dog and stuff, yeah. and like like all this, you know. Um, so so it was really cool. I'm, I'm I'm very excited to see how it goes. I don't know how long it's going to be. At the end of it, she asked, she said, "Hey, is there anybody you think I should talk to about this?" To which I gave her a couple names of uh, people that I think have been leaders in this industry that are maybe a little bit more underground that have don't have these massive massive followings but have the true knowledge behind um this conversation that i think they have a lot to to bring to the table so we'll see if that comes to fruition at all yeah yeah definitely uh hope balance training gets a a positive spin on all this and that's at the end of the day like (laughs) that's all all we're trying to do anyway is like Mm -hmm. because i feel like 
people aren't educated on what balance training really is. You yeah. Because these positive, you know, the positive only thing is like it's positive or it's all bad. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I feel like balance training is always just trying to not get lumped in this like that old school yank and crank kind of thing. Sure. It's like it is an evolution of both ways of training, you know, and obviously balance, duh, that's what it means. But I think you're always fighting that like battle of, Hey, we're not that old way. Like this is using every, every piece of knowledge from each side, Yeah, you know, and blending it together to make it work best for, for people. Sure. And one big point that I tried to drive home in it, like as we were talking about stuff is, is, what I've said all along is the conversation that's not happening right now, the conversation that's happening right now is which one is better for the dog. Exactly. Right? The conversation that's not happening right now is we have clients that cannot leave their house, let alone with the dog. They can't mm. leave the house because their, their dog will absolutely destroy everything in the house or panic and injure themselves. Mm-hmm. We have people that cannot have guests come over their house because their dog's behavior is so bad that it would be a risk to the person that is in the home or it would just, fl- even if they put the dog away somewhere else, it would be so unenjoyable because the dog is freaking out so much that you can't even yeah. have a good time. We yeah. have people that cannot go out in public with their dog because of their behavior. Mm. And regardless of why the dog is doing that thing, right? Regardless of if the dog is anxious or fearful or scared or any of those types of things these clients literally have like ptsd over these types of things yeah right like they live in such a horrible mental state because of how overwhelmed and concerned they are about their dog's behavior right Mm -hmm. and all this conversation is on the welfare of the dog the emotional well-being of the dog this and that which is important don't get me wrong right we have to factor that in and we want our dogs to be happy and healthy Right. Mm -hmm. But there is zero emphasis on the emotional well being of the human being. Right. They are the ones that need to live with these dogs every Mm -hmm. single day. They are the ones that need to be able to provide for the dog. And in the end of the day, I've said this a gazillion times, in the Mm -hmm. end of the day, we get dogs to make our lives better. Right. 100%. We get dogs for selfish reasons. Oh, yeah. Right. So, (laughs) so we have to put more attention on that side of things and factor in those variables of what methods are going to allow for the owner to have less stress and have a better well being and emotional state of mind. Yep. So, so that's all there is to say about that. That was really cool. We'll keep everybody posted on when, um, that comes to fruition, obviously. Yeah. Um, bunch of random topics today. I mean, so so through all of this, through the YouTube blowing up and stuff like that, we've been getting tons of engagement on YouTube, which has been really cool. Oh, so many. Tons and tons of engagement. I'd say we're getting like 10 comments a day right now, looking at our analytics. I mean, we're at 450 new subscribers a month we're getting, which is really great. Um, that channel is, is really popping off. Yeah. Um, so, Wait, were you answering questions on your vacation? <laughs> it's also, a vacation, it's not, David. Hey, I, I every time I go out of town, I try to allot myself like twenty minutes in the morning, right? Okay. Just like oh, uh, just do 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 a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Do, 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 do. All right, all right. I'll get <clears> it to you. So whatever. So so got a comment, and this is actually from a client of ours, right? Yeah, uh, but they they commented on one of the videos we posted of all this stuff going on, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna pull this comment up, and I want to read it here. 
right? <clears throat> so this was on um, a podcast episode that our staff podcast did, which is talking about can punishing your dog be compassionate, right? So it's kind of piggybacking off of this conversation mm-hmm. of talking about how people look at that inherently like it's something bad, but in actuality, it shows how much we care about the animals and their well-being because we're really actively trying to guide their behavior. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Watch the episode. You'll get the whole perspective on it. Yeah. I'm just trying to put words into their mouth right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. So here's the comment. So this is from a client of ours, right? That I believe is about halfway through their training program right now. Okay. They said, thank you for making these videos and putting this content online. We are a three-pity household. A year ago, we experienced a bad fight at our house when two of our dogs ganged up on our newest dog. The hospital and our vet both told us the only path we could take would be to medicate all of our dogs and take them to the only board-certified behavioral facility, which was a purely positive facility. Let me clarify. The only board certified behavioral facility meaning what all these people are talking about if this is the top of the food chain as far as if you are having serious problems with your dog this is the absolute best person you can go to per the 17,000 scientific research studies that they've done Mm. and all of the vet board this and that this is the person they are talking about this is not somebody pretending to be the person they talk about this is the fucking person yep all right so I just want to make sure that is so clear because this is such an important part of this conversation Mm -hmm. right It was an absolute joke experience. Seriously, we still joke about it. And after six months of Zoom meetings, concluding with a visit to their facility to reintroduce our dogs, in parentheses, that never happened because when we got there, they tried to put us in an exam room size space with a baby gate and a shower curtain. We left feeling defeated and hopeless. We thought we were going to have to get rid of a dog, which just seemed heartbreaking. This purely positive approach, while perhaps it would have worked over a decade period of time, I'm not sure, was not helping our situation. Learning through Miracle Canine, thank you, Bridget, they said, this is one of Bridget's clients, a balanced approach to training through effective use of tools, e-collar, slip leash, crates, and beds, as well as treats and praise, has completely changed our household to a positive, respectful, structured place in a very short period of time. Bottom line, we have quickly learned how to communicate with our dogs and quickly change behavior so we all can get along. It has been a miracle, really has. Keep up the great work, not only training, but making these videos and putting this content online. You all are really making a difference. I mean, I just like, I just don't know how much more, and this is where I, you know, like I said, I, I try to be the reasonable, like let's let's like look at all perspectives and stuff like yeah. that. I did that already. You could watch those videos. This is where I get to get a little fucking wild. Right? All right. I don't know what else there is to fucking say about some of this stuff. Six months. They gave this person six months. Six months of time, Mm -hmm. right? In in six months, they still couldn't even reintroduce these dogs back together with each other, (laughs) right? Their behavior was still a mess. They were all on medication. Like, yeah. So, and, and this is the person, right? There's nobody else that's better than this person that you can go to. So you're so so this person is halfway through a program, which is five weeks, guys. Yeah. In just over one month. Is it perfect? No. But again, I've said this a gazillion times. We are not chasing perfection, 
right? No. I am not chasing every dog with absolutely zero problem issue, 100% totally thrilled and happy to be coexisting with the other dogs in the house and this and that. I am chasing this owner has control over their house again. Yeah. The emotional well-being of the human being. Right, And these dogs are 10 times more well-behaved, which means that any stress that they were feeling from all of the franticness and hecticness of the household and that responsibility, excuse me, for them to control everything going on in the house on the dog's end Mm -hmm. is no longer there, right? Yep. Are they a little stressed still? Maybe. Do I give a shit? No. Because guess what? (laughs) Serious fights. Owner was injured in the fight that happened. Dogs Mm. had like $7,000 in vet bills that they had from that. I, and yeah. and they have peace now. They have peace. Mm-hmm. And we're not a fucking board certified veterinarian behaviorist. The only one in the fucking city. This I, like, I just don't know what else there is to say about it. I not don't much. know how any trainer out there that is against what we do can look at that and be like, you're still wrong. Yeah. And this is not me even saying... Like, fuck this other person, right? Or or, or or I care if you try to... Like, if you're happy with the results you're getting going to one of those places, Merry Christmas. I'm happy for you. You know what I mean? Like, go for it. You are so welcome to do whatever it is that you want to do, right? But mm-hmm. this person tried it for six months, and knowing this client, they are a very, very dedicated, willing participant... They do what they're told to do. Yeah. Like, like they're wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful, committed dog owners. Yeah. In six months, I'm not saying it couldn't work down the road, like he said, but in six months, they didn't get anywhere. They got nowhere imagine, in dude. six months. And in five weeks. Yeah. You got them all back in the same room. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, like, what, like... I, and again, I can sit here and ramble all day about this situation and just like, but it's just like, it, it's it's baffling, it's pfft, right? Because it's yeah. like, just look at it. <laughs> look at it. It's right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And all I want, you know, like in a perfect world right now, I just want a little bit of a, a pen on the back. A little attaboy. Yeah. I don't, actually, I don't want it, right? Like, because that was Bridget's work, not my work, obviously. But... I just want a little bit of a, I just want a little bit of like somebody on that side just to recognize that we have the ability to help these people also. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's not even that I want acceptance of like, we're better than them or anything like that. I just want them to be like, okay, cool. I'm happy that that worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. Six months though, man, I would Crazy, I would be freaking out. Like, and yeah, I mean, just for them to be able to have control in their household—that's it. Like, this is our <laughs> world, guys. Like, it, this is where it's like. There, there's so much. This is another side. Getting back to the conversation I was having with the New York Times lady, right? She was like, you know, like looking at it from like the political spectrum. Like, you have like your left wing. Right, dog trainers. Right? <laughs> you have your your what liberal dog trainers, which are the force free ones, and then you got your right wing dog trainers, which are like the everything German Shepherd is just a dog, and you yeah. need to get it under control. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I said, I was like, I was like, maybe I'm like the libertarian of dog trainers, yeah. right? I'm like, you the know centrist. what? I was like, I was like, 
we have a lot of empathy, right? We're super, super caring with our clients. I'm super understanding and caring of the dogs. I truly love the dogs and care about them, right? Mm -hmm. But I do still balance that out with understanding that they are still dogs Mm -hmm. and they come into our world to make our lives better. And we have equal responsibility to provide for them and care for them, but we have to make sure that they can adapt to our world. Mm -hmm. And this family needed their dogs to adapt to their world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need to take care of the owners as much as you do the dogs. (sighs) So that was cool. I read that. I think that was while I was out of town. And I was like, damn. I texted Josh. I was like, Josh. I was like, remind me to talk about this because I'm going to (laughs) forget. As you're in line at Epcot. I think I was in line at Epcot while that happened, actually. I don't remember when I sent it, but yeah, I know I was somewhere. I was probably a couple beers deep. Yeah, you were real cloud nine there. I was like, like, Josh, let's talk about this one. (laughs) He was. I was like, I got you, bro. So that was cool. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. Super cool. Super, super cool. Um, Okay, so more topics here, right? Just rolling through my list. So yesterday, Michelle and I did a lesson with a a client that I would say has been a fairly difficult client. Not difficult in a they're bad people or or <laughs> anything like that way. Yeah. Right? When I when I specify that, I don't mean like I'm not doing any client shaming here. But they've been a little difficult just due to their circumstances and due to the dog that they have and due to their mental state being very much of a they're married to this idea of what they wanted their dog to be before they got it. And their dog is so far away from what that actually is, right? So helping them overcome some of those hurdles has been difficult, right? Mm -hmm. So this client has a like 11 or 12 month German Shepherd, something like that, maybe slightly older than that, but it's like just over a year if it is, right? Mm. Big ass dog, man. This is a big German Shepherd. It probably was from a great breeder. It This dog acts like a German Shepherd, right? Okay. This dog, um, when it was like eight months old, started developing really serious territorial issues over their house, mm. right? And it's resulted in a couple of bites on the dog's record, right? Mm. Um, reached out to us for training, right? And, and they're doing the right thing. I mean, they're going to training. They're seeking the knowledge, stuff like that. They're like halfway through their program right now, right? And the dog has made massive strides, right? Um, the dog is making serious headway, learning the things it needs to learn. The owners are getting better with their handling and stuff, but they're still very much married to this mindset. Or I should say they were still very much married to this mindset of what they wanted their dog to be, right? Which was they got, they have another German Shepherd, an older one, right? Who is like a cakewalk of a dog. This okay. is such a well-tempered dog, super docile, extremely friendly. Uh, the woman uh, does like therapy dog work with this dog. Mm. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal tempered dog. Yeah. Right? And she got this new dog to quote unquote like replace this dog when this dog died. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So, so when this dog passed, this dog was going to carry the torch of being the <laughs> therapy dog yeah. that she could take to schools and, and have children interact with them and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Right? And obviously, this dog is not ever going to do that. <laughs> right? Like, 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 and first off, like, that doesn't mean this is a bad dog necessarily. But yeah. when you're looking for therapy dog work, you're looking for service dog work, stuff like that, you need to have a 
bomb-proof dog. Like this is, not, it's not a training thing at that point. No. It is. Does the dog have the genes to do that work? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um. So whatever. So so past that. They're very active people. The husband like works in like construction or something like that, and like can take the dog to the job site with him. And 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 the woman has like a like a Bible study group that comes over the house all the time. And, and just just a lot of they're very active people, right? Yeah. And and their other dog can be a part of all of those things without even thinking, right? The dog can just be a part of all of those yeah. things, right? And this dog obviously. <clears throat> Could, but is going to require quite a bit more management in order to do it, right? And they were really struggling. Like I said, they're about halfway through. The training is going very, very well. The dog is improving with its behavior, but they're still very much having a hard time visualizing what success is. Because to them, success still was this dog turning into their older dog, basically. The perfect first dog. So... Whatever. They wanted us to come and like observe the dog in the house because the dog has some like serious behavioral issues there. So Michelle and I went to the house yesterday to kind of check out the situation. And I got there a little late. I got there like 15 minutes after the session started. Michelle got there at the beginning of the session. And I walked in and Michelle and them were having this really great conversation just talking about visualizing success, talking about what was realistic expectations, what wasn't realistic expectations, what it was truly going to take from them in order to live successfully with this dog for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. um, the risks involved in it, the uh, the management that's going to involve it, be involved in it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Really great conversation, right? And you could see with the owners, like they were finally starting to kind of understand, and it was like clicking. You know what I mean? You know how sometimes yep. you could tell somebody, and it's not like Michelle never told them these things before, right? But sometimes you could tell people something a million times in a million different ways, mm-hmm. or you could tell people things at times where they're just not quite ready to digest the information that they're being told, and it's just not going to stick, right? Yeah. And sometimes like you finally hit that point where you're talking to them, and the circumstances are perfect. It's the right time. They're ready for the information you're giving them. You're able to present it and articulate it in maybe a slightly different way that mm-hmm. retains better to them, and you could just see in their face that it was finally starting to yeah right from there we talked and ran drills and talked about management techniques in the house and went over things they were going to need to do to be successful and started breaking these things down one at a time for them and just just Mm. just small digestible pieces giving them little goals to work on and stuff like that it was just a really great session Mm. right um we were able to to do a lot in the house with the dog that day it was really cool to see the dog in its in its home environment right and, and whatever. So long story short, so we had our, our trainer's night last night where we all kind of got together in the evening, got some food, trained dogs together, stuff like that. And while we were at trainer's night, it was like 10 p.m. or something like that. Mm. And <clears throat> um, Michelle was like, oh, my God, I just got an email from, uh, I forgot what the dog's name is, but the, his, his owner, right? And it was just this really long, beautiful message about like, Wow, like I we're just so grateful that you guys came out and and we really truly feel like we understand what we need to do moving forward in order to um, you know, keep the dog successful. We love this dog so much. We care about him so much. And yeah, it's hard for us to accept that he's not the same dog as the other dog. But like, you know, we really, we really are coming to grips with it. And we're just so thankful that we have an organization like you guys that works together and collectively puts in the work and cares enough about us to help us realize those things. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing, right? But g- generally speaking, that's the gist of the email that she sent, right? Mm. And it was just really cool. Like we read that and we're like, damn. Like that, because that was the moment we were like, they got it. 
Yeah. They finally get it because up until that point, we do we do our trainers meeting every other week, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this has been something. This is a dog we've talked about a couple of times in our trainers meeting because, like, Michelle's like, man, like I just feel like they're just, they're just not getting it. Something's not clicking. Still, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And we were able to kind of brainstorm and talk about things and stuff, and 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 it it really feels like we kind of got over a hump with them with that side of things. You know? Yeah. It's funny. I was doing a a, a send home lesson with somebody who. Um, a week or so ago, we talked about on the podcast. Uh, I was doing a send home lesson with this guy that has a German Shepherd, also that he is a uh, he's a therapist or, or something like that. He works with I think um, adults with like substance abuse and stuff. Whatever. Okay. So so he's gotcha. doing behavioral modification with people, like talk therapy and stuff. Um, and you know he was talking about how many similarities there is in like dog training to that. And and it's interesting because we were talking about. I was like, man, I was like. A lot of it, though, is like those communication skills with the owner, you know, and, mm. and that's basically what we needed to do with this person is we needed to just week by week train the dog, obviously, but have those talk sessions with these owners to help them overcome the mental hurdles that were holding them back from success. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we've talked about it before where, you know, people get that perfect dog, mm-hmm. right, the first time, and then they get a second one, and and now it, it kind of hurts them that they had the perfect dog the first yeah. time because then your your bar of expectations is yeah. just so high you know well, we've all been there like i oh, yeah. i was telling the story yesterday um because we had somebody come to our trainers meaning that has like a new puppy right mm-hmm. uh and was getting very frustrated with this puppy i think it's, yeah. a, it's a difficult difficult little dog right <laughs> and i was i was telling her because it sounds like her other dogs she had were like pretty easy right mm-hmm. and uh, i was telling her i was like man i remember when i had vera right vera was my first dog and then i got Vinny, and <laughs> i for the first like year of owning that dog just like resented his existence <laughs> Like he was, he was so fucking annoying. Oh my God. Yeah. He was so much different than Vera and yeah. just so challenging and difficult. And he just tested my absolute limits and pushed my buttons constantly. And we just butted heads so much, you know? And finally, I really don't know where the switch was, but at some point I just accepted who he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just accepted you're not my other dog. Right, you are a totally polar opposite dog. You have different yeah. needs than her. I have to provide different things in order to keep you successful, safe, and happy. Right, and as soon as I did that, it's just—it's amazing how much the relationship shifted. Mm-hmm. You know, did another virtual call the other day with somebody in a very similar situation. Right, difficult dog. Right, very much wanted this dog to be something that it wasn't. Right, mm-hmm. and and it was just constantly getting her to realize what her dog was which was not a bad dog it was just a different dog yeah. you know and that really needs to be the biggest takeaway of of yeah. this podcast i think mm-hmm. is accepting who your dog is don't try to change who they are learn how to manage mm-hmm. and communicate with them better but don't try to change who they are because you're not training yeah. doesn't change who a dog is Mm-mm. it te- training teaches you to understand your dog better mm-hmm. yeah i feel that and uh <clears throat> This is why I'm scared to death, like, because we've been talking, you know, Bender is going to be four in June, and we're like... I thought he was older than that. Shit. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I think he's growing too fast. But, um, you know, and he was such a perfect dog, especially for being a cattle dog. Yeah. And that's all Devin wants is another cattle dog. And I'm like, you know, they could be powder kegs. So I'm, like, so worried that the next one is going to be 
a rambunctious, crazy one, you know? Psycho. And we'll have to work through that. So I'm just like, oh, we got so lucky on this first one. Yeah. So, you know. I think it's growth as a human you need to do, right? Because, like, mm. now that I, d- I had that with Vinny, I feel you could throw pretty much any dog any my way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'll adapt to that dog very easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's initially, it's 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 when you get your second dog. It's a lot of people that haven't had dogs before, and it's when they get that second dog or they get that third dog that is just not like their other ones. And that's why we hear all the time, the, the I trained all my other dogs, but this one just doesn't get it. It's like, yeah. well, this dog is different. <laughs> yeah. This dog is different than the other ones. He doesn't get it. You don't get them. Yeah. Is what it is. And then and then you went to waffles. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but that was interesting too, right? Because like from yeah. a, a different spectrum, like Vinny was just a, an absolute psycho, which yeah. was was why we bought it had so much. Like absolute bananas psycho dog, mm-hmm. right? Waffles was such a little scaredy cat. We knew when I got him. And yeah. I would say initially I was just kind of like, damn, like I got this fucking whip of a dog. <laughs> right? And now I feel like he's just like flourished into this little oh, yeah. badass. Like he's really not scared of anything anymore that no. I notice, you know? <clears throat> it's so interesting. And then we accepted who he was, right? We provided yeah. what he needed, which is why his confidence grew. And yeah. it's funny because once you understand who the dog is and accept who they are and stop trying to like fight their nature, right? Mm-hmm. And provide what they need, what winds up happening is they actually start shifting more into what it is that you want them to be, right? Yep. And some of that is, I'm sure, a little bit of like the placebo effect, right? Of like, you accept them so you don't see their flaws as much, right? So you start seeing them as a better dog. But some of it is genuinely, right? When you're not at wit's end with them constantly, mm-hmm. you know, their confidence can grow so much more and their relationship with you can grow so much more, which helps them to be a better dog. Yeah. Hundred percent. So it's pretty cool. It's uh, we had another situation very similar to that, just kind of spinning off of that topic, right? Of constantly having people that want their dog to be something that it's not, or want to move too far ahead. You know, they want to run before they walk, kind of thing. We had a uh, 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 dog go home recently, right, from a boarding train. Sora, German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about her, I think, on the last podcast, and yep. we posted some clips of her send home lesson of her like in the park doing this like off leash training. It looked fucking awesome yeah. right she was crushing it and um you know this dog had done prior training before the owner was pretty knowledgeable so, did i tell this story last time i might have told this story last time i'm gonna spin it again yeah, Whatever. spin it again <laughs> spin it again was great right like dog crushed it really really impressive looking video uh-huh. right at the same time the next day seamus had a board and train that went home right this dog okay. luca who came in a hot mess, for better choice of words. Okay. Right? Very nervous, very reactive. Yeah. I believe had a bite on its record and stuff. Oh, boy. Owner was absolutely terrified to take this dog anywhere because of its behavior. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, really just toxic relationship between dog and human and stuff. Gotcha. Right? And they went through the same board and train process. The dog did the same program with us. And this this, this lady couldn't even take this dog into public. Right. Mm. So so the big focus of the send home lesson was doing those types of things and helping her understand how to communicate with the dog around a lot of distractions. So they went to Edgewater, they worked downstays there, they worked leash walking and stuff like that. And <clears throat> like I said, a couple of days later we posted that video of Sora and the owner of this other dog reached out to Seamus and was like kinda like upset with him because she's like, I feel like you didn't train this dog the same as that dog or something like uh. that. Yeah. Which I understand, right? Yeah. Like, but it's the wrong mindset, mm-hmm. right? The mindset is is you didn't teach these dogs 
or this dog all of the things you taught all that other dog, which we did, right? The dog knows how to do all of those things. But you're starting in different places. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're wanting this dog to be this dog over here without putting in the work on yourself to get yourself to be the owner it takes to have this dog over here. Yeah. Right? Wanting your dog to be something that they're not. Mm -hmm. And not taking enough ownership of... I am the variable that is contingent on my dog looking as good as that one did. True. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I said, that dog is very capable of doing all those things. And if I had that dog, that dog would be doing all of those things right now, right? And we did mm-hmm. those types of things in our board and train program with the dog. But the owner's got to overcome these hurdles of being scared to even walk the dog in public. Mm-hmm. How are you about to have your dog off-leash doing off-leash leash walking, long recalls across a busy park, stuff like that, until you're past that hurdle of being able to feel confident just taking your dog out into public in the first place, right? We got to start there. We got to get that under control. From there, we'll show you how to do those things. Where Mm -hmm. that person just started in a different place. He wasn't scared of his dog. He wasn't scared to take his dog places. He just needed to learn how to control the dog better in those places. So because of that, we were able to emphasize tightening up the off-leash work with that dog. And Mm -hmm. mind you, that guy also regularly took that dog off-leash prior to ever starting the training. So we didn't have to go through the hurdles of let's show you how to even start letting the dog off leash in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody starts in different places, right? And depending on where those dogs start is going to depend on what we have to start with once that dog goes home. Additionally, every owner starts in different places. You know, again, owner number two did the off leash training, had done previous training. So he already understood how to use the tools and stuff. So his timing when we went to let that dog off leash was going to be 10 times better, reducing the risk of anything bad happening. Yep. So. Makes sense. Don't overstep it. Cruising along here. All right, moving into our last topic here. Okay. So told you guys, went to go see a little show at Universal Studios. Oh, yes. Here we go. Right? (laughs) Okay, so. So this is just fun, right? Like this is a, this is a fun thing. I just want to kind of talk about a little bit because it's always funny like when you as a professional of a certain thing, right? In my case, dog training, goes somewhere and then sees somebody else doing that thing and you are a spectator in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to be able to then look at that and kind of break it down a little bit, Yeah. right? <clears throat> okay, so first and foremost, so it was a show that was... Uh, trainers for Universal Studios that train dogs for movies or train animals for movies, mm-hmm. right? First off, let me clarify, respect, right? That's yeah. fucking cool, right? And past that, these trainers did this show like four times a day, every day, right? In front of mass audiences and stuff like that, like yeah. hats off, kudos, that's badass, it right? Is. That's yeah. really cool, right? And it was it was impressive from the standpoint of the majority of these animals were one very well. I mean, they're, they're skits that like they had this routine when it first started before the trainers even came out. It was like a like a like there was like a walkway right and like this thing they could climb on and everything, yeah. a bunch of doors and stuff. And they had this thing where they just sent out one animal at a time. Some of them were dogs. One was like a pig. One was a bird. This that, and each one had a job they needed to do. Like one yeah. needed to pick up a bottle and put it in a recycle bin. One needed to go pull this lever on something. One needed to pull this bin across the stage. And it was really really impressive. Yeah. Right. Really strategically choreographed. Right. 
um, as they were kind of going through, they started doing different tricks with the different animals. The trainer came out, right? They talked about what they do. They talked about what they were going to kind of demonstrate over the course of the show, stuff like that. And, um, you know, they did some work with birds. The bird work was like pretty flawless, looked really good. They did some work with some like cats and stuff, looked really cool. And all this is like trick training. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then they wanted to take the dogs out and they, they, they did things with like three or four of the dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. And they brought them out and it got really messy really quick. Right. Because <laughs> because you could tell they were kind of trying to take the dogs out and show off a little bit. Yeah. Right. And like show like yeah. all the tricks and stuff the dog knows oh, yeah. and, and, and whatever, you know, th- no big deal. That's fine. Right. I, I could appreciate a little flexing on the crowd. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the problem is, as I was watching it, what I look for is not how well does the dog perform the behaviors because mm-hmm. dogs are going to make mistakes. Right. Like if, if I try to get my dogs to do a bunch of tricks and stuff, they're probably going to screw something up here. Yeah. And there. What I look for is. How does the trainer or the handler work through those mistakes, right? And an example, right? So they took a dog out and they put the dog onto like a touch pad over on like the side of the room. And then they started asking the dog to do all sorts of different tricks and immediately got messy, right? They were like saying commands in different ways. Like they would like trying to get the dog to do it down. They were like down, lay down, come over here and down. Like they just like say it like 17,000 different ways, having inconsistency mm. in the commands they were using. Every time they experienced a hurdle, like there was a couple times they wanted them to get a certain thing right. And the dog was having a really hard time with doing it. And it took them a bunch of reps to get the dog to do it right. And the second the dog did it right, they didn't do anything. Meaning mm. they didn't reinforce the correct behavior ever. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm like, Looking at it and like, you know, even if I'm just showing off with tricks or something, if I'm trying to do a, let's say a stand, right? Yesterday in a trainer's thing, I was working on the stand command with Vinny. I haven't done it in a while, right? Mm. And he was kind of struggling with it at first a little bit as well, right? Which is normal, right? But anytime he was struggling with it, the second he did it right, we were identifying and rewarding that specific thing to then strengthen that behavior and recondition that cue in properly, Mm. right? And they weren't doing that, which was getting the dog more and more and more confused. And basically what was happening every time they'd take these dogs out to work is the dog would just start offering things. They were acting operantly, right? Meaning they, they, they were just, they were trying to figure out on their own what accesses the reward. Right. So it's like they would take the dog out before they would even ask him to do anything. The dog would like sit down, stand, bark, move backwards, move forwards, jump onto a thing, this, that. And, and it's like it was because they were constantly just asking everything way too fast. Right. Mm. And there was not enough individual isolation of when the dog did it correctly, making sure they were communicating it correctly. And it just it just got really messy. So. All this to say, cool show. If you're in Universal Studios, go check it out, obviously. It's in the studios side of things, not the Islands of Adventure side of things, mm. so the rest Simpsons world. Um, but from a training standpoint, I was sitting in the audience just like, <laughs> I would do that different. I would yeah. do that different. I would do that different. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's just, it, was, it was testing my brain a little bit. And it's so funny because like, we yeah. walked out of it, and Kate looked at me, and she's like, you didn't like that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> she I was could like, tell. It was okay. It was entertaining, but like she she could even see the holes too, I think. Yeah. Oh, you know? of course. So, and then the other interesting thing too, I think, is, you know, this let's spin this all the way back here to the beginning of this conversation, which gets back to the force-free versus balanced approach, right? Yeah. So, obviously, you know, 
these dogs from the outside looking in when they were working them were highly trained mm-hmm. right they they were they were very well trained dogs from the standpoint of their tricks were really good and everything obviously in that world is taught force free positive reinforcement and stuff like that which is the only way you would do it you wouldn't teach the dog any of these tricks with corrections or anything like that yeah but when the dog stopped listening, the dog went absolutely bananas, right? These dogs mm-hmm. were jumping all over everybody, and there was a one that was, like, trying to run out into the audience, and they couldn't <laughs> get the dog to come back to them, yeah. so they had to go and, like, put a leash on them and, like, really drag them away from the people. And <laughs> dogs, like, jumping and trying to pull into the leash and yeah. stuff, right? And it just kind of gets to, you know, sometimes smoke and mirrors can re- and social media can really temporarily for a short period of time make these dogs seem like they're super well behaved and like it's exactly the dog that you would want to have at home right yeah but then you see the dog out in the real world in real life and it immediately starts falling apart (laughs) right this further kind of getting at right that kind of force free really fancy looking training stuff that you'll see in a lot of these types of things that is not what you need for the real world. No. Right? It's just yeah. not. Because when it when the second that engagement turns off, the second that reinforcement goes away, the second you're not performing that trick anymore, there's no manners. You have to yeah. teach the manners still. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So I don't know. That's the last thing on my list here. Not trying to dog on the show was cool. Like I said, there yeah. were some really, really impressive parts of the show. I mean, like, like the whole first thing that they had set up where they had this routine where they just sent one an- there was no humans out, right? Mm-hmm. They sent one animal out at a time and the dog knew or the, the animal knew exactly what job it needed to perform. Yeah. And it was choreographed. Like the one picked up the recycle thing and put it in there. The other yes. picked up a piece of trash and put it in the trash can. <laughs> the other had to like pull the bin across or something oh, okay. like that. And then a bird needed to come down and like 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 move something out of the way or open a door. Yeah. And somebody else had to go pull the thing into the door. <laughs> like it was really neat. Yeah. Right? Like 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 I I do really like seeing stuff like that because that is how you train for like you, you give the dog one specific thing they need to do for the movie. You train that particular routine and the dog goes and performs it and they film it. Right? Yeah. Like it's really cool. But again, I always then look at I always separate it in my mind. of like we're looking at trick training and we're looking at movie filming and stuff like that or Mm. we're looking at real life well-behaved dogs right so i try to make sure people don't misconstrue those things because i'm sure a lot of people leave that show and are like wow that's what i need my dog (laughs) i need to train my dog exactly yeah pick up the trash (laughs) so yeah no that's funny i think you're right you know just gotta gotta know it's smoke and mirrors that's (laughs) And, and I say smoke and smoke and mirrors is probably the wrong word for that yeah, because it's not right. Like they're yeah, doing they're, the thing that they yeah, want to do, yeah. obviously. But it's understanding that if you get into like YouTube people and stuff like that, and like somebody that may be a force free trainer showing their dog off leash walking in a field, right? Mm. That may have taken twenty repetitions, making sure that nobody's around around them, obviously. Yeah. And the dog is only actively doing it in that moment because they're being bribed to do it potentially. True. Right? Yeah. So so some of that stuff can be a little bit deceiving, which is mm-hmm. something else that we talked about in the New York Times episode. Yep. Cool. So that's what we got. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the rambling about all our different random topics here. Just really think about the, the, the overarching theme of today, which is start looking at your dog and truly seeking to understand your dog a little bit more. Mm. Don't 
look at them and wish they were something totally different than they are. Because their individual quirks and personalities is what makes them so beautiful. Yeah. So think about that. This has been... On your drive to work. It's been David the Dog Trainer, Dog Therapy. This has been (laughs) the David the Dog Trainer X Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Happy happy little dogs. Happy little dogs. (laughs) Happy little dogs. We're going to paint a happy little dog under a tree. Okay, that's it, guys. All right. We'll see you. (laughs)